Hey, what's up? Welcome to Breaking the Huddle. I'm Joel Klatt. This show right here on Tuesday nights is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's a college football tradition. Remember, no watch party or tailgate is complete without a little Dr. Pepper. Uh, I got my good friends Matt Weiner, who won a Heisman Trophy and the best insider in the business, going to join us here shortly. That's Bruce Feldman. And we're going to break down a lot of different things like the new college football playoff rankings, the huge map matchups on this Thanksgiving week, as well as some coaching news, because obviously that's going to start circulating in particular around Texas. Uh, before we get into all that information, though, I want to make sure that you're subscribing to our little podcast here. You can do that uh, on iTunes. Uh, we also want you, the fan, to be a part of this show on Facebook, so make sure to comment on the show, and we're going to get to those, whether it's questions or comments. We'll try to interact with you guys as we move along here discussing these rankings and everything going on in college football. And most importantly, share the show. Get your friends involved so you all can have a fun time commenting, talking a little trash to each other about each other's schools, and maybe you can even talk a little trash about us, us and our opinions because that's what the Internet is for. I don't know if you know that, but it's 2016, and that's what the Internet is for. All right, uh, rankings just released, so here we go. Here is the new top ten as we look at it. Alabama number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Clemson stays at number four, and Washington is at five. Looks like they're in a good spot, but pump the brakes. I got a little thought on that a bit later. Wisconsin and Penn State at six and seven, Oklahoma at eight, Kind of an old big eight right here at eight, nine, and ten. Oklahoma, Colorado at nine, and Oklahoma State at ten. So that's how the committee ranks the team. So basically, they all had early flights, moved everybody up <laughs> one spot, and said, peace out. These yep. ones don't really mean anything. That's the way they look to me. Let's bring in the panel, though, Matt Leinert and Bruce Feldman. Uh, first of all, guys, thank you, as always, for being a part of the show. Let's start with your biggest takeaway from what you saw in the top 25. And I know we didn't see it in the top 10, but Matt, USC falling at number 12 in this version of the college football playoff ranking. Yeah, well, they moved up one spot from last week, but I, I think, you know, Kirk Herbstreit hit it right on the, on the head for me. If you just threw away records and you just took the, the four, maybe the top 10 teams right now that are playing, I think USC makes a really, really strong case to be somewhere in the top eight. The fact that they lost three times, and I don't dismiss that either, that's, sure. weighing, that's weighing them down, obviously. But if you look at the three or four teams ahead of them, they obviously they beat Colorado. They have better wins than Louisville, Oklahoma State, Colorado, and Oklahoma. Um, but as far as, I mean, I don't know if we're talking USC to get to a college football playoff. I mean, a lot of things have to happen. But if they can somehow put themselves in a Pac-12 championship game by Colorado losing this week, and then they beat either Washington or Washington State, it gets a little interesting. But Can I play the little devil's advocate? Yeah. And this is like in, in the Trojan fans' favor, okay? And, and I just want to gain some perspective around USC because there has been a lot of momentum lately with us, the talking heads, the pundits, talking about how USC maybe has a path to the playoff if you're using the criteria for best, which I certainly think they're playing as good as anybody in the country. However, I would... I would just say this to USC fans. At one and three, changing their quarterback, almost certainly going to fire their head coach, you know, four games into his tenure at USC. If I were to tell you that they were going to be eight and three, playing this well with still a shot at the Rose Bowl, mm -hmm. wouldn't you have taken it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So this season has been and, a, a and pretty again, good not, success, I'm, even if they don't get up oh, into there. it's been the hugest success. I mean, Clay Helton could be coach of the year. I mean, based on what he or your your boy Mike McIntyre. Mike McIntyre could be that. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm not. This I'm not. To be honest with you, I'm not really disappointed. I I, I don't think. I mean, look at you. Still lost three games. You started right. one and three. That's a very deep hole to dig yourself out of. And they've dug it. And I think to your point. Listen, they're 12. They're playing as well as anybody in the country, not named Alabama. It's been a great year. They finished it off against Notre Dame, and then we'll see what happens with Colorado-Utah. I do think they would have handled Chattanooga a little bit more handily than <laughs> Bama did, but you can understand. Sean on Facebook writes in, USC should have been even higher. Even the SEC-biased ESPN were agreeing. Yeah, I get it, and, and I would agree, Bruce, as well. If you're saying four best, yeah, USC would have been higher, yeah, but I, they do have three losses. Yeah, I would. I think I would put them ahead of Louisville at this point. I mean, Louisville just got blown out by Houston. The team that I'm looking at is number eight, Oklahoma, 
and they are 9-2. and two. They had their best win by far this season at West Virginia. Yep. Now, by the way, their defense still looked pretty bad. West Virginia had a 300-yard rusher in that game, had a bunch of turnovers. By the way, the way I grew up watching football, if you would have said someone had a 300-yard rusher, you would have never thought, oh, they got beat by 20-plus. Right. Yeah. Like, like, that never happened in the past, but to your point. Go ahead. And Sorry. so you look at their resume right now, Oklahoma. Their best win after that is either at TCU by six points. TCU is a 500 team. Right. I mean, Baylor is Baylor's falling apart. K-State's not that good. They do not have that strong of a resume at this point. I would make the case Houston at 20 has a better resume than Oklahoma does. Hmm. They beat them head-to-head. They both the two losses. Yes, Houston did lose to SMU, who's not, not good. But Houston just crushed Louisville. Houston has a head, you know, mm-hmm. head-to-head I mean, win. Crush, Bruce, like, owned them. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, hey, we kicked a field goal at the end. They literally crushed Louisville, who had not been touched all season long except for that one very close loss in Death Valley in Clemson. Now, at this point, I, you could make a case USC should be 8 or 9 ahead of Louisville and ahead of Oklahoma. Now, I'd have Oklahoma State ahead of, how, ahead of Oklahoma how, at this point. But how? They, they each have one win against West Virginia. Yeah, but Oklahoma State is 10-1 and one in reality. <laughs> we're not going there. They I, have two I, losses. I mean, they won the, they they were won not the blown, game. They also were not blown out at home the way OU was. I mean, I don't just dismiss No, I, I'm sure. not necessarily disagreeing with you, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma State's resume isn't, isn't Here's Here's what I was kind of trying to get to with to this. And we all can have our own values and say, yeah, there's an eyeball test, there's a this, there's a that. The, the, what I see sometimes from the committee is, it's almost like, well, did you lose to a good team? How did you lose? As opposed to, what are your best wins Sure. Here? Houston actually has two really good wins, and they're down at 20. USC has a bunch of good wins. Yes. Now, they have three losses, but they have, you know, if you're going to put resumes and wins together, I mean, the, the com- committee wants to talk about who you played. It's not just who you played. It's did you beat them? Would, I, would I agree. You, Listen, I know the same could be said. Sorry to interrupt, Matt. No, no, you're good. You're talking about Houston and Oklahoma. There's 12 spots between Stanford and USC, mm-hmm. same record, mm-hmm. and a head-to-head win. You know, so this was the laziest ranking of the three years so far from the committee. <laughs> it really was. I mean, hashtag hard work. Well, well it's, done. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Everybody's Thanksgiving, week, Thanksgiving early, week. And I get it because it doesn't really matter. You know, at this point, a few years ago, TCU was like third, mm-hmm. and then they magically dropped three spots after winning by 50 points. Can we points. throw out one team who has the best chance to move way up? It won't happen. Yes, go ahead. Uh, number 15, Florida. Don't write them completely oh, stop, off. Please. Hey, they at least have a chance. They'll probably get drilled by... They'll probably just drilled this weekend by <laughs> FSU. Say, they're probably going to lose to Florida State. But, they are you know. so bad offensively. I mean, I mean so... LSU and Florida... I mean, everyone was praising... Alabama and LSU for that that ten nothing game, and I get it because there was some beauty in that. There was not a lot of beauty in that LSU Florida game. I mean, that hypothetically, was bad. if they if Florida beat Alabama and won the SEC, you think they're getting in? How many tests were cheated on to suspend all of the Alabama players for that to happen? <laughs> okay, um, a lot. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Um, Florida has to complete a forward pass, and they haven't yeah, done that. Yeah, that yet. would be interesting. That that would be interesting, um, because ahead of them, there's a lot of two-loss teams that would also still you could argue in that scenario. They would have the best win in college football this season if they. Yeah, if anyone that. beat Alabama, it yeah. would be the best win in college football. There's no doubt. My thought on the top ten is, uh, or on the entire rankings, other than that it was incredibly lazy, and I get it. It's Thanksgiving week, so whatever. Is Washington looks like they're in a good spot right now? Um, I think they're actually in a really precarious spot because I don't think even at five, I don't think Washington controls their own destiny. And let me explain. If Ohio State beats Michigan, which they're favored to do, okay, no one would say like, well, that, that's crazy. I mean, Ohio State is probably going to be in the, in the top four even as a team that didn't win its division and didn't win its conference. Would you agree? Yep. I yes. mean, that would be another top five win. That would be, they're going to be there. Yeah. Well, that leaves the Big Ten champ still to go, and that's Wisconsin or Penn State. Now, I could see them leaving out Wisconsin because Ohio State beat Wisconsin, but if Penn State wins out, yeah, I don't know how you can. Make you that cannot team. Yeah. take Ohio State without Penn State, and at that point, Washington is screwed. They're host, right? 
Yeah, what's even I, if they went out? What's interesting is you would have a Michigan team at ten and two who crushed Penn State, who would also be a two-loss team. Uh, Michigan has a win over Colorado. Michigan has some good wins. In sure. Um, would you take Penn State well, over over Michigan's Michigan? the only team that has three wins over currently top ten teams. Let's say they lose close at at uh, at Ohio State. They would have the same amount of losses as a team they beat by thirty points. I think it would be very interesting if you took Ohio State. Penn State won the Big Ten, had a head-to-head win over Ohio State, and didn't take them. That that would be very interesting. Adrian says on Facebook, if it's Washington versus Colorado in the Pac-12 championship, is the winner of that game going to get in the playoffs? It's really tough for Colorado because all those two lost teams that are sitting right there. If Oklahoma wins out, I don't know if Colorado would pass them. If Wisconsin wins out or Penn State wins out, I don't know if they would pass them. That would be very difficult because in that scenario, they would also have to pass a two-loss either Ohio State or Michigan team. And if it's Michigan, let's just say, right. because they're, they're underdogs, head Michigan head. owns a head-to-head over them. So Colorado has, I would say, like just a sliver, sliver of hope. I think they would have to dominate like Ohio State did to Wisconsin a few years ago when coming back from that Virginia Tech loss. I think for any, and we said it before the show, but if, I think for any of these kind of fringe two-loss teams, that are still potentially competing for a conference championship, I think their best bet to get in is Michigan winning out and winning the Big Ten championship. Colorado's best? Washington, Colorado, Oklahoma. Because if Michigan wins out, they essentially most likely eliminate Ohio State. Yes. That means uh, Penn State won't be a division or a conference champ, and then Wisconsin would lose. So that would be the three teams. That would be ideal, obviously, for all of these teams that are kind of sitting outside the top five hoping for you know something to happen. So the, and I'll even throw Washington in that as well. Yeah, Washington, no, said, if you're yeah. a Washington fan, an Oklahoma fan, a Colorado fan, all Oklahoma State fan. Yeah. Basically, if you're Gotta anybody outside of the Big Ten, you want Michigan yeah. Michigan to pave the way here. 100%. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, I want to get back to something that you mentioned on, on these rankings. And, and first, let me get to a couple of these comments. Marty says, do you feel Wisconsin will make the playoffs? We just talked about that a little bit. I, I like personally. I think Wisconsin needs Michigan to win, and then they need to beat Michigan. At that point, you're avenging a loss. Right. You've you've got the same record as Ohio State, and yet you've also won won your conference championship. So again, I think even Wisconsin's in that route for Michigan boat. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Kion says USC should be way higher. Depends on the criteria. Yeah. Three losses are three losses. Yep. Stanford could claim that they should be hired because they beat USC. They're sitting at 24. If you're just saying, do I think if they played head-to-head with any of the top ten teams, how many would I favor them against? Seven. Maybe eight. You would favor them against Washington, Wisconsin, Penn State, Oklahoma, Colorado, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. State. And probably Clemson. Mm. Maybe Michigan. Uh, Just curious. This is a different question. Which of these teams do you think would have the best shot to beat Alabama? Okay, that's a different. That's a whole different just, yeah, question. Um, Ohio State. I'd say Ohio State or Clemson. I would say Clemson. Clemson has. I think just, Clemson. I mean, I'm going, they, I'm going down with the Deshaun Watson. I know you are, right? The last <laughs> but, but Clemson. I mean, Clemson has shown obviously last year and even flashes this year that they can beat anybody. I mean, that they can play. That's what I'm saying. They Bruce, are just so inconsistent. Bruce is literally a band member on the Titanic. Yeah, yeah. But, but Ohio Tigers State right hasn't been consistent either. I mean, this is. I team, get it. Like people, like, like their ceiling is really good, but they got a low floor. Like, but Deshaun Watson, at least last year. No, I'm with you. Was like he gave Alabama hell. He gave them everything. Like. JT Barrett hasn't done that. But I just, the, I mean, two, three, That's four, true. two, three, and four are so clumped up, in my opinion, because I, I know Ohio State has some great wins on the road. But, like, I mean, they, they beat a really overrated Nebraska team. I don't think yeah. it was that good. Where they put 60 on Rutgers or whoever it was the week after. I mean, I think Ohio State's really good. I'm just saying, none of these teams, they've all been like this all I, season long. I know this sounds crazy, I know, it really does, but. If you were going to say, what's the one weakness that Alabama's defense has? They, give, they can give up deep, deep balls. They can give up the deep ball, right? You, in particular, can JT Barrett and Ohio State's pass game do not that? Not really. So, I know this sounds crazy. Oklahoma is probably the team that would exploit them the most offensively. But now, Oklahoma's team. defense yeah. is awful, okay? And I get that. <laughs> But wouldn't you say Oklahoma would be the team that would score the most points on Alabama just because of the way they're built? 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. You get a healthy D.D. Westbrook is different. And they have two d- dynamic running backs. I mean, that's a. I think they'd be a problem. It's just the thing that scares me is their defense is so bad. I mean, would you want to see but a 70 to 62 need, national championship game? The thing with Alabama. <laughs> yes, I would, yeah, I would see. The thing with Alabama, you don't need, I mean, you need a good defense, but you don't need a great pass defense. You need to be able to shut down the run, and then you force Hurts to beat you throwing the football. And Oklahoma can stop Oklahoma the run. Oklahoma can. Now, they did Michael, against West Virginia, Snow, all, whatever happened. I'm just saying. I don't think Oklahoma. I just I'm said saying. Oklahoma can stop the run Here's and for Graham for yeah. 320. Or yeah, yeah, but, like, uh, Mike Stoops will always say. And it I was think a quiet 320. Yeah. <laughs> the d- defense coordinators will always say, oh, I can stop the run. That's the first thing. It's, it's like, oh. the one thing. And then all of a sudden you see it, and it's like, well, you sure about that? Right. Yeah, but, you, but. Sometimes their run statistics are just that everyone's like, well, why would we run it when we can just throw it on this paper yeah. mache and, secondary? And run, and. Sorry. And, I mean, Washington State was the number one rush defense in the Pac-12, and they can't. I mean, I'm just saying numbers. They gave can, a numbers can be, at but I'm saying numbers can be deceiving. Yeah, they can. Joey Tyler says on Facebook, "I would love to see my Clemson Tigers in a rematch with Bama. It was a classic game the first time, no doubt about it. But until Bama is beaten, they are the best, no doubt about it. There's mm-hmm. a pretty wide margin right now yeah. be- between Alabama and everybody else, and whether they win the national championship or not, you know, if if they get beaten in the semis or if they get beat in the national championship game if they get beat in the iron bowl or the sec it's going to be an an epic upset at any point even ohio state if they you know were to beat that's an epic upset that's the gap that i think Mm -hmm. is right now between alabama and everybody else in the country this might be one of those like feather in your cap hey we made the playoffs a year right what happened (laughs) freshman quarterback though I mean, you know, they, they're, and I also think. Listen, I think Alabama is great. Alabama is great, but I also think the SEC is way down there oh, too. Yeah. So, so and Alabama is in a class of their own. Good. But I do believe every one of these teams in the top ten is better than the second best team in, in the SEC, yeah, which is which Auburn. right now yeah, is Auburn. Auburn. Hey, I would take all of those teams. So, Bruce, not to harp on this too much, but I don't see a team that I said was fool's bottom, gold man. early in the year. Oh, in College Station. You're right. Boom. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what were we thinking? We're fools. <laughs> we're fools. Listen, I've, I've, I've got foolish stuff. I went to junior college. You cheated off Lendale oh, to get through USC. Man. We're fools. Uh, <laughs> I cheated off Lendale. I would have never made it. Trip is even complimenting me on the internet. Trip must be fake. That's got to be a fake account, right? I mean, he sent a compliment on the internet. Trip. This see, is if not I what was the playing Alabama, is I would be crushed. Although my my offensive line was nasty. U.S. team with Leinart would beat Alabama. Matt Leinart's 2004-2005 USC team would beat this Alabama team. That oh, yeah. Texas team in 05 would beat this Alabama yeah. team because of Hurts, the true freshman. Our, our 04 team would for sure because our 04 defense was, was the number one defense was in the real. country. Yeah. Our 05, we were a little bit. We had we had more youth and stuff. I Who think. was the best defense you guys faced in your career there? In the conference? No, just in um, any game. Uh, I mean, man, no one stopped us, but, Bruce. But I the thing know. is, I think like on film and Joel said, I mean, the Texas's defense was really good. Oklahoma's right. defense yeah, really that year, which, which how had, simple was that Texas defense, by the way? It was simple. I remember just looking at the secondary and thinking, that's for shroud, for shroud, for shroud, for shroud. You had a couple first-round guys up the front. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, but here's the the difference. You then would look at your offense and be like, first round, first round, first round, first round. What if you sat there and were like, walk on, walk on, (laughs) walk on? Because that's where I was at. The biggest difference for us, I know we're all over the place, is like our offensive lines were unbelievable. I mean, we had a great center. I don't want to bring this up. I still don't know how you guys make that fourth down. Yeah. You ran that play. For like 200 yards tell, that day. I, when this show's over, I'll tell you how that play didn't. We're going to say it. I'll, we'll give you that story on the air at some point. Um, nah. Let's get to some games. Uh, Jacob <laughs> writes on Facebook, Leonard squat and no forward would have rolled Alabama. Ask Oklahoma. Yep. Something tells me Jacob's a huge homer for USC. But that's, that's just me. Um, okay. Oh, <laughs> let's, you, let's get a, uh, into some of these <laughs> matchups. Because we've got some huge games with like monumental yeah. Um, stakes in, in some of these rivalry games, which makes this weekend so great. Let's start with the, the most monumental game as far as the stakes in it. Ohio State and Michigan, guys, in the shoe. Did we, first of all, like, 
I didn't think it would be this quick that Jim Harbaugh would have Michigan in this in this point, but he does. They're a senior-led team. I think that they're in trouble without their quarterback. But Will they might Spate. get him back. They may get him back. They're playing coy with him. I think a broken collarbone, even if it's not in the throwing shoulder, is. But they've disputed I don't whether think, that I, is. If he's playing, if he's it, don't take the, that report as gospel. So if it's an AC joint, let's I'm, just I'm say saying, okay, because okay. that's an, that's a if collarbone it's an AC issue. Joint, he can then he play. can play yeah, with his left arm, no doubt. If it's that, then I think he could play and even I mean, be effective. I was told by somebody on the staff that it might not be a broken collarbone when it was reported as such. And it was like, we'll see how he comes back. So we, so you you don't have faith in John O'Corn? Not after last week. Because but, but, because but, Jim didn't have faith. Like it, yeah, the but, offense I mean, it was, was but just... The, the weather was awful. Yeah, that's true. Can I give you guys, you know, Please. I said this on our podcast, Please. one th- key name to remember, Tyler O'Connor. Tyler O'Connor beat yes, a better Ohio good State call. team. On senior day in Columbus with, with, when they had everything to play for. And, I mean, again, I don't think, like, You're Michigan talking about has, Michigan State. If you don't know, Michigan State last, last year, year yeah. goes in. Tyler O'Connor was the backup and goes similar, in there yeah, similar, and wins the game. a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, like, there's no Ezekiel. They have, they have really good offense. Ezekiel is better than anybody Ohio State has on this team, right? And I think Michigan has better receivers than Michigan State had last year. And I don't know if you can get them the ball, but I think you can, you know, gives them a better chance to get them the ball. I'm not saying that this is like far and away that I'm taking Ohio State. I think I would pick Ohio State. I think it's going to really help if Spate can play because he's much better at pushing the ball down the field than O'Corn. Um, you're absolutely right about the Michigan receivers. Watching Oklahoma play and this is also going to sound crazy, but if you go back and watch the film, you'll absolutely agree with me. And you'll, you were there. You watched the first quarter, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Oklahoma was, was almost beating them outside of two plays. Yeah, the fourth down. The two fourth down yeah. plays. That, One yeah. on offense for Ohio State goes for a touchdown to Curtis Samuel. And the other fourth down play goes for a pick six. And all of a sudden, it's 14 nothing, And then it's like the avalanche starts. So does that mean they're the mentally, uh, a mentally tougher team? Certainly, Ohio State is, is mentally tough. There's no doubt. I think Michigan's much more mentally tough than, than Oklahoma. Oklahoma is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if JT Barrett has the, the type of offense that's going to go in there and gain a lot of yards on Michigan. I don't think so. Hey, you guys are, you guys are, are, are quarterbacks. Let me ask you this, just as your opinion on it. Uh, JT Barrett, I know he was fifth in the Heisman a couple of years ago. How much faith do you have in him throwing the ball downfield? Is there like it's windy? It seems like he struggled. Are we? I don't. You know, I don't have a lot of faith in him. And I actually watched some coaches tape of Ohio State recently, and this is, I think, even more troublesome and problematic. And Matt, I think you'll agree with Mm -hmm. me. I don't think he trusts his ability to throw the ball down the field because there are some open receivers down the field, and he does not pull the trigger. He wants to run it. He wants to dump it Sounds off. Sounds a little like another former he's, Urban Meyer he's, quarterback. He's, only like, that guy was a lot he's like Tebow and Alex Smith. It's the same, although I think Alex Smith probably threw the ball a little bit. A little bit more. But he's the same thing. I think he's very, very comfortable operating, facilitating, dinking and dunking. But when you get a chance, and that's the thing, I think Michigan defensively has a huge advantage because their front is really, really good. they got a good secondary. And Ohio State hasn't. I mean, the games, you know, they've had a couple games where they've attacked downfield with Curtis Samuel and guys, but I don't know, man. This, this has a feel of a really low-scoring game. Oh, yeah. You know, well, both I, defenses are very yeah, good as far as scoring defense. Good. Aaron writes on Facebook, Michigan really struggles against good teams. Ohio State will beat them by, beat them by mm. 13, and Ohio State struggles worse than Michigan in big games. Um, what do we call I, I don't Michigan's think the margins. Oklahoma was a big game. No, Michigan's. Michigan's big games. I think hosting Wisconsin was a big game. I think going to Iowa was a big game and a big atmosphere. Even though Iowa's not very good, you could just, there was a feel to it. You know, ABC is there with their number one crew. They were a 12-win team a year ago. I thought, uh, obviously, Iowa played very well, but Michigan struggled in that environment. Um, How about? The matchup that I want to, if you're looking for a matchup, and the one thing that gives me pause about picking Ohio State. There's a lot of reasons why I would pick Ohio State. Now, I'm going to razor thin here, but the one that gives me the, the greatest amount of pause is that I think the most dynamic player on the field for the Buckeyes is Curtis Samuel. Would you guys agree? Yes. Really good player. He can be neutralized by Jabril Peppers. 
that's the one player that it's like, with Peppers on the field, doing what he can do for, for Don Brown, the way that he can pressure the quarterback, the way that they're so creative with their front structure, because Ohio State's going to move Samuel around all over the place. But with, with the way that they play defense, Michigan can move Peppers all can, over the place. Does that open up Mike Weber to have a huge game? No, because man-to-man cover. at least in my estimation, if you can close up the middle or even play with no safety and play man-to-man with Julius Lewis on the outside and, and Peppers on Jordan Samuel, Lewis. Jordan Lewis, excuse me, um, who's a Thorpe finalist, mm-hmm. by the way, um, and play man-to-man on those and try to lock up some of those receivers like Noah Brown and Samuel with Peppers, now all of a sudden you're committing all those other resources to stop in the run, which I think makes it tougher on JT Barrett to operate. Yep. Um, so, that, again, that's the that's one thing that I sit back and I'm like, hmm, Michigan's got a great shot. And then I go back and forth because then I, I look at the quarterback situation for Michigan and I say, I'm like, hmm, man, I really favor Ohio State in that. I think it could be 10 9. How bad yeah. do you I wish think that? it could be like 14 13. How bad do you wish this was next year for your game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It'll be there. It'll be there. Well, these teams Gus and I will anywhere. be there. Gus will be. I'm just saying this matchup right now, oh, I'm not saying these teams wait. are going to fall apart I next year, wait. but just. Um, got another comment. Michigan defense can keep them in the game regardless of the QB situation. I agree. I don't think Ohio State's going to run and hide from Michigan, in, in particular with the way they've been playing. How many rushing yards do you think Debbie and Smith is going to get? I mean, listen, Wilton Spate, guys. It's not, like they were blown, it's not like Michigan's blown out the good teams of Wilton Spate either. I mean, they beat Wisconsin 14-7. Crushed Penn State. But Penn State, Penn State was the only one. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I'm just... I don't think there's a big difference between Spade and They put up a lot corn. of points on Colorado. They did and early I don't, in and the I, season. You, it's easy to roll your eyes at that, but look no, at Colorado's roll, past defense. Yeah, that. they did a good job against, yeah. against Wazoo last week, and Wazoo has a legit offense. Luke Falk is, has thrown for under 50% completion percentage in only two games. My UCLA is, is in the top 10 in pass efficiency mm-hmm. defense, and Colorado I don't think they the need to 10. score more than 20 points to beat Ohio State because I think their defense is that good. Yeah, I, listen, I would agree I think it would be a low-scoring game, I, yeah. Um, let's hit on some games here in, in quicker fashion. I want to stay in the Big Ten because I think this is a really interesting game that could throw a wrench in all of these things. And all of the two lost teams that we've been talking about oh, yes. that are not Big Ten teams are going to be huge Spartan fans. Michigan State travels to Penn State. This game is going to be after the game. So they'll know the outcome of Michigan-Ohio State when they <coughs> kick this off. Something <laughs> tells me Michigan State is going to play really well and has a chance to beat Penn State. Not even a chance. I'm talking about like a good chance. I'm almost. Just, I'm almost to the point where I'm going to pick Sparty. I just. I just wonder if they have enough in the left in the, of the tank, tank after yeah. last I mean, week. They, yeah. they sold out to try and beat Ohio State. That's the same thing I have. Is is. I, I mean, Dan. I'm teams, with you. Listen, they, he, don't he you get the sense it could go one of two directions, right? Percent. Because I don't think Penn State is. That talented. God, you know what? And, and every week they keep they keep proving you wrong. And I think that offense is legit. McSorley's been great. Barkley's been great. Defensively, they've given up a lot of points to teams this year. So. They have gotten healthier though. Yeah, you know, they had a bunch of linebackers. Just, out they, they, you're right, people though, out there. Yeah. You're right though. This on, is on the the so so positive internet. Do you buy Penn State? I get it. They're nine and two. Got hammered by Michigan. Do you buy? They got beat by Pitt. Oklahoma State handled, by the way, um, and yet Oklahoma State is still four spots behind Penn State. I get it; they beat Ohio State, so that's a huge win. They got you mock them up for that. Dominated against Ohio State too, and they blocked the kick. They, they, they lost. The, play, the game, yeah. the game control was next to zero in that game for Penn State because, that's like that's you said, saying, Dude, they I got dominated, the win, but then won one yeah. at the end. Who out there is buying Penn State? I'm not. Like this whole scenario of like, oh, Ohio State could win, and then Penn State could win out. Would you pick or just? Let's skip ahead. For would you pick Penn State over Wisconsin? I'm going to refrain just because I likely call that. If you don't mind, yeah. Um, would you pick Penn State over Wisconsin? I think right I gave now? you the answer in just what I was saying. Though I don't, I don't quite buy Penn State. And nothing they would do because if they beat Michigan State, I feel like we would all think, ah, Michigan State, you know, kind of ran what, out of gas. What do you mean? Should Penn State be ahead of Wisconsin? No, would right you? Now? Would you? Oh, like pick in them, a head-to-head yeah. in the Big Ten championship? Not like Wisconsin has a great offense either. That's true. I don't know. That's I have more faith in Wisconsin's defense than I do in Penn State's yes. defense. And I, Wisconsin has proven. I mean, last week they put up almost fifty points. I mean, they're not, and and they put up what almost thirty against Ohio State, mm-hmm. twenty three. I mean, they, they've. I, I yeah, I, I trust Wisconsin more. I'd say, but Gustavo says MSU will upset 
Penn State. Nathan says Penn State will win. Um, just fire us your comments. Penn State, do you buy into the Nittany Lions? I'm having a hard time with the Nittany Lions. i got to be honest. I think Oklahoma would beat them. I think Colorado would beat them. I think Oklahoma State would beat them. Louisville would beat them. USC would beat them. And then you get into where they would compete, Auburn, Florida State, Florida, and Nebraska. So it's, it's interesting. Um, let's move to the Pac-12 because two huge games, one in the South Division, one in the North Division. Let's start in the South Division. What could have been a monumental game for both teams, but Utah loses to Oregon, so now they come in as just a spoiler. Mm-hmm. The South is down to either Colorado, if they win, they go, and then if Colorado loses, USC goes since they have already completed their Pac-12 schedule and they'll face Notre Dame this week. Colorado-Utah, guys. Utah obviously did not play well defensively. Did you know that was the most yards they've given up in the Pac-12 era? Wow. At, at yeah. Utah to Oregon to a, to a last week? To a freshman quarterback. That freshman quarterback's got the real deal. Mm. He looked I, good. He's looked good ever since he took over. He's, and they, and they have like four, four freshman offensive linemen, too. I'm just saying, he yeah. in the future, Oregon fans need to be excited no matter what happens. That kid is he's the real deal. I've got to be, uh, I've got to come full circle here and, and be honest. Before last week, I thought Colorado was a great story because I had, I, listen, I watch them every week. You know that. I know what they've been through. These same players were getting beat by 50, you know, two and three years ago. They had won five Pac 12 games in the previous five years. All of a sudden, they were six and one. And before the game, some of my crew was asking me, like, what do you think? You know, because publicly, I don't, I don't give picks. Right. But in our production meetings, they'll always ask me what I think. And I said, guys, I, I don't know if Colorado's got enough to beat Washington State. Washington State had won eight in a row. Luke Falk was the number one completion percentage passer in the country. Gabe Marks was out there. I knew that they were without River Craycraft, but they've got three really good running backs that were going to be able to run the ball. And I thought to myself, this might be it. For Colorado, this might, this great run, this might like stall, pump the brakes on. They hammered Washington State in the second half. I was more impressed with Colorado than I've been with Colorado going all the way back to 2001 when they beat Nebraska 62 to 36. I mean that that was an impressive second half win for that senior class and more specifically Sefo Lufa. Yeah, I thought Sefo doesn't get enough credit. He's put up huge numbers obviously yeah. there, but just in terms of the run game, the stuff he did, and also. You know, they converted so many third downs, and Wazoo didn't. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. that was, to me... They can cover. That Colorado secondary yeah. can I mean, cover. You got a really... I mean, a lot of these guys are like your age, Joel. I mean, I feel like they've been there forever. They played a ton of <laughs> well, games. They had to play as freshmen, because they just had to. That's where the, the program bigger, was. The, the best point you made watching the game was that the moment... You thought it might get caught up in the emotions of the game. moment might be too big for Colorado, and it wasn't. I thought that was the biggest take. It was like, they... they all the pressure, like, oh, this is the biggest game we've played. We've got to win this. And there's yeah. going to be more pressure on this game this week. But the fact that they just, they, they nutted up, man, and they, and they took care of business. I thought it was just impressive, like you said. Because I think I texted you before. I was like, hey, man, I'm just like, like, God, what, they haven't beaten anybody. They're good, but they're not. They, only, they lost to USC Michigan League ranked team. And then they just came out. I, was, I walked away with saying, like, that team made a statement. Yeah. And I thought it could have been even worse yeah, for Washington State. I, now you could argue that they dropped some passes, and they certainly had their chances. There's no doubt. I was impressed, the atmosphere though. was as good. I've yeah. been going to Colorado games since 1985. My dad took me to my first college football game when I was four years old. I saw Brian Bosworth play at Folsom Field in 1985. That was as good of an atmosphere at Folsom Field as I've seen, dating all the way back then. And that was through some of the greatest years in Colorado history, winning national championships, having a Heisman Trophy winner in 1994, being in the top 10 in in 96, winning the Big 12 in 2001. So Utah's walking into a little bit of a buzzsaw environment-wise. They had more tickets sold for Utah than they did for Washington State. Like, everyone's been pointing, Utah, this is going to be a really tough environment for Utah to play, in particular with a team that doesn't throw the ball that well. That's the key. They're yeah. going to be locked down by that secondary, and they're going to be able to commit a lot of resources to stopping Joe Williams. So that'll be interesting. I, I think Colorado can, comes away with a win. Can they protect Sefo I was against, say, can, against Hunter Dimmick, who now has the, the all-time he, record at Utah with 29 sacks, 14 on the year. The two losses, Colorado, they, you know, they didn't rush for over nearly 100 yards, I think, SC in Michigan. If you can shut them down, which some teams have, and Utah may have that front to do it, that'll be interesting. That's the thing that would scare me is like, I mean, I was up in Pullman last week. I mean, I know Leach. Yeah, but Leach loves Hercules Mataafa. He's 242 pounds. 
You know, they got Robert Barber back, but they were a really small team up front, whereas Utah, you know, anybody who does their games, you look around, I'm like, these are grown men out yes. there. Yeah. They're going to have to throw it better than they did against Washington State, but they threw it fairly well. Um, and I think Cepho is going to have to be a huge part of the run yeah. game, a huge part, because that's the only way to beat uh, Utah's run defense is you got to either physically beat them, which I don't think Colorado can do it, or you've got to out-scheme them with numbers, and you do that with the quarterback run. Uh, so that's that game. I'm picking Colorado. I think they've done a heck of a job. They get their 10th win, and they go to the Pac-12 championship. Sorry, Matt. I can't say that I disagree. You picking Colorado? Yeah. Who are you picking? I, I I'm picking I, Utah. Yeah. I, I mean, but I just, Listen, I just I can't saw see Utah two I weeks it. ago at ASU, and I'm like, they're, they're, I, I, I don't know how they lost. Troy Williams is not great. But he's improved. He's only thrown five picks on the season. He threw that big touchdown pass to go ahead, which we thought was going to be enough. Obviously, their defense struggled at the end, but it'll be interesting. But he's going to be asked to win the game for them. Can he do it? Lee Blazon. I think I went to high school with Lee Blazon. <laughs> What's up, Lee? Thanks for watching, my man. Uh, he says Buffs win. Oh, no, I'm serious. Lee Blazon. He was a wrestler at Pomona High School. You're my man, Lee. Love it. Craig says Colorado. Uh, Blazon. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> Craig says Colorado's going to win. Spencer says Buffs won't lose at home. Craig says weather in Colorado on Saturday? Question mark, question mark. I'm not sure because it was cold last weekend. Shouldn't matter got, to the Utah guy. Know, know, out out there. My blood is too thick. <laughs> I was freezing. Everyone's like, oh, you're from here. Not anymore. Not anymore. It was cold. Um, Apple Cup. Let's go to the Pac-12 North. The Apple Cup, guys. That's the game I'm going to be at. I cannot wait. Um, normally you wouldn't say that about having to travel up to Pullman, but... I cannot wait for that game. I think it's going to be. 60, this is, I think, the most. 60 degrees and sunny in Colorado Saturday. Oh, there we go. 60 and sunny. Matt has a, a fancy asking. phone. He's got a fancy nah, computer. It's, got a, it's, got a, it's a handhold. Mm-hmm. Is that a Palm device? Remember those things? Yeah, it's an iPhone. Washington, Washington State. Most meaningful Apple Cup since certainly the early 2000s, maybe since maybe 1981. When there was kind of a, a winner and in, if things broke right for Washington uh, game to go to the Rose Bowl, um, I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I really do. Huge part of this is the fact that every time Washington State has faced a really good secondary, they've struggled throwing the ball. They did last week against Colorado. They did against UCLA. And the other really good secondary in the Pac-12, I think there are only three, is Washington with those two corners. Um, and I think Kevin King in particular with the, his interception last week, mm-hmm. I mean, sensational stuff. They've got Buda Baker. I think JoJo McIntosh, who did not play last week, will probably play this week at the safety position. So I think that would be an advantage for Washington in this game. And also they can get a pass rush probably better than, than your alma mater can, I think. Yeah. And so that puts more pressure. Now, Falk gets rid of the ball pretty quick, but... I mean, to me, I think Washington's the better team. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I just think they're, I think they're, I don't think Washington State is built to play them right now, the way they're set up when I look at just the personnel-wise. I, just, I mean, yeah, it's I not a good matchup for If them, Washington commits to running the ball, because they didn't commit to trying to run against USC, and I think that really hurt them. They were trying to go side to side. And Matt, as you know, against the speed that USC puts on the field, I thought it was a bad game plan mm-hmm. for Washington. If they committed like Colorado did in the second half, to getting downhill right. on, on Washington State, I think they might have more success that in that direction. What do you like in that game? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I agree. I think it's all on Washington, uh, Washington State's defense. Uh, I think if they can slow down it, the Huskies. If they can just slow them down, it sounds simple, but the fact that you said, I mean, what, what's the D-line average? The well, it was 257 before Robert Barber came back. Okay, so Robert, Robert Barber did come back. Washington State's defensive front, very, very undersized. Still right undersized. here. Um, Hercules Ma. Ta'afa. He's 242, not the what they list him at, by <laughs> okay, the way. Okay, so it says 252. He's more like 242. It's just. Equale he, is 290, probably a little bit of an exaggeration. Namde Aguayo, who's 225, and then they're going to stick Robert Barber in. So, there. I just, so they're small. I, yeah, I just think just what Colorado was able to do is just, you know, you just. And I think Washington. I'd say Washington and Colorado are fairly evenly rushed football teams, right? I mean, Washington. Well, do you think I think Ma- Washington's Miles a better Gaskin is better. Yeah, than yeah, yeah Miles right? Gaskin. I would say so. Miles yeah. Gaskin. I don't want to take good. anything away from Philip Lindsay. But do you have a? I mean, Gaskin's you, you got know, that special. Does anyone have? There's no John Ross in Boulder, by the way. No, and they did all that throwing the ball 
after Bryce Bobo got hurt. You know, they had some, Jay McIntyre yeah, had a I, big game. Mike McIntyre's son. Um, they certainly. I mean, McClatcher is a good player. Pettis is a really good player on the you outside. Have a great player, and, and John I, Ross is, is a the key, great. The key will player. be Washington State running the football like they've they, they've done better. They actually ran the ball decent against Colorado, and just third downs. They got to be better. They got to keep their defense off the field. Yep, yeah. third downs. They're going to score. Them. They're going to score some points. But if they can't, I mean, I, I think this is tough sledding for the Cougars this week. The, the thing is, is that they create opportunities for themselves, but then. Within those opportunities, there's no margin for error. Right. Like Mark's getting behind the defense, and he got overthrown once and dropped one for a touchdown. If those two are caught, that's a different game. Mm-hmm. But again, no margin for error for Washington State, in particular against Washington, who I think is going to be their best opponent that they've seen um, all year long. Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama. What do you think? And then we're going to get into the coaching stuff. So I know that everyone wanted to hear about that because Bruce has got all that it, locked It's down. crazy how this game isn't getting much more attention because everything's focused in on Michigan and Ohio State. Well, and the fact that Bama's already clinched. Too. Bama's clinched. Also, yeah, I think Bama could lose and still go to the playoff. Probably, likely, they would still go to the playoff. That loss yeah. but from you know Auburn to a mediocre Georgia team has kind of taken a lot of wind out of, out of their sails. I think Alabama's going to dominate. I mean, I know it's a rivalry game. I think once it gets they into the second half. They had a bye last week. Yeah. Sean White's been not playing as well either. Well, and isn't there some, there's some discussion about who's actually even yeah. going to play quarterback, uh-huh. right. whether it's Johnson or White? I don't know if I think one is better than the other. I think White has produced better this season, you know, at times when they put up, what was it, 500 yards rushing against Arkansas he was in there. Yeah, this is a different level of defense compared to anything they've seen either, by the way. I mean, this, you know, I'm sorry. This is the closest thing to an NFL defense as I've seen since, like, Miami in yeah. 01, you know, with some of those players. I certainly would think Alabama. One question on Alabama, and, and I'd love all your feedback on, on feedback, uh, Facebook for this as well. When does Hertz have his freshman game? I'm talking about not just like, oh, he didn't play well. I'm talking about three picks, four pick. Like, it happens. Is, it happens. But it hasn't happened yet. And that's the that's thing. That's true. It's that's why I'm saying it's when. one of these like, things where you, you does it? at one point he's going to have it. At some point, maybe he does. But I think they go back. They've done a good job. They don't. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to throw the ball. They didn't. Yeah, teams. when they, the best defense he played in the toughest spot was LSU, and they were like. But he threw a pick on the first series or whatever, and then what does he do? They he ran runs it, yeah. around and he makes plays with his legs, and that's. Uh, listen, I just I keep saying one of the even even just he'll slip up one of these games, and to be honest with you, he's getting better throwing the football every week, and he has a, the innate ability just to to scramble and make plays and pull the ball and. I don't know. I, he's still he, maybe in the playoff at some point when he goes against one of these better defenses, but. I don't know. Here's one, one great attribute for, for those quarterbacks that have the ability to use their legs. If you're a quarterback like Matt and I, you have to throw yourself out of like an interception yeah. or you know, a lack of momentum. You have to throw your way out of that. So you've got to just like nut up and mm-hmm. do it. You know, whether you're confident or not getting the ball down the field, you just have to do it. Guys like Hertz can say... Uh, I don't know, and run around and still make the first down. (laughs) And so they can run themselves out of those slumps rather than throw themselves out of those slumps, which is a huge... It's a huge advantage for guys like that, in particular a young guy that really believes in his athleticism. Ole Miss, LSU, the two games where he's really... I mean, defensively they've won the game, but he really won the game with scrambling and making plays at the end. So he's got... He's got a he's got that that moxie that it factor to him. He may not be the best thrower, but he hasn't had to do that. And I mean, this might be the year he doesn't have to. And he is surrounded by a really good offensive line, and he does have yeah. Anybody good? And he has good talent around. I mean, we saw what OJ Howard did in the national title game last year. The receivers are big and Calvin Ridley was like a top ten pick coming this season. He hasn't done anything because they don't throw because they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't have to. But you still have to yeah. If you're defending it, you still got to worry. Yeah, I don't know. At some point, Ridley's going to break out. You watch. He'll have one of those O.J. Howard-style games mm-hmm. like Howard did a year ago. Let's get into the coaching stuff because that's obviously going to heat Bruce. up. Um, okay. Bruce, let's start okay. with Texas because that's the big one. Um, all the rumors are that it's essentially a sealed fate for Charlie Strong and that after this TCU game, regardless of outcome, that he'll be let go as the Texas head coach. I certainly believe that's what's going to happen. 
I thought that if he lost either of the last two games, but certainly the Kansas yeah, sure. one, it didn't really matter. He could have beaten Kansas and lost to TCU and lost his job. I think he could have, depending on the style of game, beaten Kansas and beaten TCU and still lost his job. The way it happened, he loses to Kansas, who has two wins in the last two years, to Rhode Island and to Texas. Rhode Island's 2-9 and nine in the Colonial League. Charlie's not keeping his job. No, and I think this actually started, like, started the downswing when they lost at home to West Virginia. And then at, a couple of days later, that was the Thursday night game when Tom Herman and Louis, you know, just drills Louisville. So all of a sudden now that's the talk of you know, he's the hot mm-hmm. guy. That's the guy who was already in their crosshairs. Then they do the unthinkable. They lose. That was the you know first time in whatever nineteen games. Nineteen thirty-eight, yeah. 1938 yeah. I believe it was that the Kansas hadn't beaten Texas. Texas. Since so that happens. The other thing is, to a lesser degree, even if they beat TCU, I just did a TCU game against Oklahoma State. TCU is you know a five hundred team, and they just got blown out at home by Oklahoma State. It's not like people are going to go, "Ooh, you just beat TCU." So I, I think it's. You know, the inevitable is they're going to make a move after this. And, you know, I, look, I give Charlie Strong a lot of credit for how he handled this. Um, people go, well, he's making going to make $10.7 million on a buyout when he walks out the door. Um, it's still human nature, I think, when every, all these people are reporting, you know, your, your fate and reporting, you know, a lot of harsh things on you, and at least to be professional as he was. But that also is the nature. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... Everyone's talked about this mistreatment of Charlie or the mishandling of this from the Texas side. They didn't mishandle anything. Maybe the boosters and the rumors Mm -hmm. were not that fair. But But that's what they were. They were rumors and boosters. The AD has done nothing but support him publicly. Nothing. Greg Finvis has done nothing but support him publicly. And and Charlie Strong knows that. Like I talked to a source close to Charlie on Sunday, and he said... You know, we know that Greg loves Charlie, and if there's a way he can do this in a classy manner, if it's possible, he would. But I don't think there's a there is a right answer to this. No, that's the because problem. he's 16 and 20. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like being the Cowboys head coach. You're 500, Jason Garrett. There's going to be speculation about your job. If you're 500 or worse at Texas, there's going to be speculation about your job. But there are five other guys in their second year, not third, second year, that are putting Charlie to shame. Mike Riley's nine and two. Paul Christ is on the precipice of winning the uh, Big Ten West. Jim McElwain has won a division, the SEC East. Um, Tom Herman is sitting there at these five wins when he's an underdog in all five games that he's an underdog right in Texas's backyard in in Houston. And Jim Harbaugh, who's sitting at number three in the country. I I would go back to this point, though. Like, even if they had said, hey, we're going to let him go. This will be his last game. He doesn't going to do that press conference on Monday. I'm not sure it it makes them look at any better. You know, Charlie Strong is answering questions out there. At some point, he's going to answer those questions, whether he answers them on, on Friday or he answers them on Monday. I'm not sure it makes it dramatically different at that point. So is, is I mean, obviously it's speculation still, but Tom Herman seems like yeah. he's got to be their guy, number right? one target. Uh, we've I've heard people say that Texas is Tom's number one target, so it's almost to, yeah. mutual. Yeah, yeah. It, that would be the obvious move. Look, you have Houston is trying to step up to the plate. You know, they would get him up. It's going to start at five and a half. It doesn't million. even. You know what? It's not even the money at this point. I mean, I, it's easy for me to say it's not my money, but the reality is. If you're the head coach at Houston, your margin for error is almost non-existent to get to the playoff. If you're at Texas, you are the heavyweight in the best football state in in the country, pretty much. And so you're sitting there going, and he also was a grad assistant there. He coached most of his career in the state of Texas. And from Texas's side, I think it would be really smart to get a guy that has really strong Houston ties, which which he's built in two years because A&M is sitting right there with College Station. LSU tries to infiltrate in Houston. Texas needs to do something to put a flag down in Houston because Charlie didn't necessarily do that. Well, even beyond just that, look at the roster. Nine sophomores on defense. This team is built to be really good. Charlie Strong has said it. I don't think he's wrong that they were, you know, this team could, you know, potentially win a national title within two years because it's a freshman and sophomore mm-hmm. team. That's what the next guy is going to inherit. So you can come in and look really, really smart. And, he, you know, he did that at Houston. Tony Levine left him a lot of really good players. He came in, did a lot of really smart things. Players bought in, and he hit the ground running and won a, won a New Year's Six Bowl. The toughest year. part for whoever gets this Texas job, and I certainly believe it's going to be Tom Herman as well, 
Uh, the toughest part will be the players do love Charlotte. Yeah. And so they're going to be hurt and, and spurned. And, and the smartest thing to do would be the exact opposite of what Charlie did when he first got to Texas. Charlie went in there with a blowtorch mm-hmm. and, a, and a megaphone. And anyone that would listen, he would talk about changing the culture and this kid's out and this. And whether he was right or not, that just takes it down to zero. And then you have to build it back up. The, the guy that walks in there should walk in there and be like, hey, guys, I'm on your side. Right. I'm coming alongside you. Let's build something together. Get him on his side right away, and then they could have success moving forward. The, the change in language, change versus build, I think is really strong in the first meeting of whoever the Texas head coach is. LSU, what are you hearing on LSU? You know, I think this one is a wild one. Now, would Jimbo Fisher really want this? He's a former LSU assistant. I don't know how much more Florida State could actually pay him if they got into a bidding war. Well, he's he's in the top five right now. I believe he's 5.25. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, though. LSU can pay more than that. The question is, you know, there's a lot of messy politics, both at Texas and definitely at LSU. Uh, you know, how much faith does he have in Joe Oliva, the AD? How right. long will he be there? There's some is- interesting issues now. There was also that terrible hostage year. job mm-hmm. with the state legislator and governor that was saying, hey, we're going to not fund the school if this bill doesn't pass, which would mean that everybody gets incompletes in the spring semester. And whether it was a threat or not, it's a news story. It's Why a, would you want to deal with right. that if you're Jimbo Fisher? If you're desperate to get to the to the SEC, I mean, look, it's hard. It, you go to the SEC, you're in Nick Saban's division. But is he desperate to get to the SEC? I don't know. I don't you know, I only think Jimbo Fisher and maybe his agent right. really know that. So let's say Tom Herman goes to Texas, which I think is going to happen. Jimbo Fisher, for some reason, and remember, you know, he went through a pretty public separation, and they have pretty young kids. You know, maybe he doesn't want to move out of that state. Let's say he stays at FSU. Then what does LSU? Do they, do they say, hey, Mike Gundy, you know, having a really good year, you know, he's had some you friction with his so AD. interesting about that is that's where they got less miles. That is where they got yeah. less miles. Is they got him from Oklahoma State. Gundy took over, who was the offensive coordinator for Les in 2003, 4, and then Les went for 05, and Gundy took that job over in 05. They would go right back to that well. It's possible. Would they look at, you know, would they look at Larry Fedora? He was a name that I, I think could be in the mix potentially. I mean, he's from Houston. He also had a lot of success at Southern Miss, so he's recruited all mm-hmm. over that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, would they go after your guy, Mike McIntyre, who grew That'd up in the SEC? That'd be interesting. And, you know, clearly they're going to pay a lot more than CU is. Also, CU, as you know, is is their senior heavy team. Yeah. They could fall back to 5-7, and 6-6 seven, six and six next year. Buffs fans. Sorry. I hope Mr. Blazon has, has moved on. <laughs> Lee Blazon, you're my dog. I appreciate you watching. Um, I think Mike likes Colorado, even if he did go, which I hoped he, he would not. Um, there are guys on that staff that would really love to. I'm Jim sure they would love it. Yeah. yeah, I think would love to be the coach, and he's done a great job uh, with the defense. Um, Darren Shiverini, who came in and did an amazing CU job. Guy. He's yeah. a CU guy. He would love that job. So there's there's things there for Colorado, but. I'm just going to pump Bruce's brakes on that a little bit right now. Just, just throwing another one out there. How about the situation at Notre Dame? Let's talk about that really quickly because that obviously came to fruition today. Um, talk about vacating two years' worth of wins because of academic misconduct. Um, I don't think that this is different cases than what we already knew about with the players being suspended yeah. earlier This in was their actually careers. the first story I think I worked on when I got to Fox. It was three years ago. It was a bunch of the players who were basically in limbo for the whole season. And it was because of, you know, a student assistant uh, who had helped them. I mean, it's, it's a bad look for Notre Dame because they pride right. themselves I'm vacating on, two years' worth of wins ridiculous. because a couple of individuals cheated. The NCAA, you should be ashamed of yourself. You hammered USC for no reason, and now you're hammering Notre Dame for no reason whatsoever. Why don't you take your heavy stick down to North Carolina where there was actual fraudulent academic work being done by the institution and vacate their 17 years worth of wins. Give me a break with your two years of vacated wins from Notre Dame. Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. Um, Look, I'm with you. I I, I don't think, let's just bring it forward to Brian Kelly. I think Jack Swarbrick, the AD, has said, you know, he's going to be back. I would think if Brian Kelly wants to be back, he'll be back. Um, He's 15 and 14 in his last 29. The reason that that's an interesting number is that was the exact same number Charlie Weiss was over his Yeah, but Charlie Weiss games. never got them into a national title game. That's true, game. 100%. Like, he did go to the BCS. 
couple of times. Charlie Weiss's best game was the Bush push game. It was a loss. I mean, that's the reality. That was where they dumped a ton of money into his account and couldn't get out from under that deal. Um, And then paid it for years. (laughs) And they were stuck, yeah. Well, Brian Kelly, in his case, I mean, he is a proven head coach. Now, some of the issues Brian Kelly has are he comes across in his post-game press conferences – I think there's some tone deaf, and he gets red-faced in games. And, you know, at some schools, that's okay. At Notre Dame, you're on NBC all the time. You know, I don't know. I I think that's some of that is overblown. I I don't care if my head head football coach is yelling at people. As long as he wins. And that's what he hasn't done this year. Right now, he's he's not doing that. And there was a lot of high expectations for Notre Dame this year. Last one I want to get to, and and, uh, Baylor, because there was some news about Chad Morris, who's at SMU. Um, Chad, of course, has... Ties, I Deep ties it. to Texas, uh, in Texas high school coach. So as we reported earlier today on FoxSports.com, the reports that Chad Morris from SMU had accepted the Baylor job are not accurate. I talked to two sources on this. They said that is not the case. Now, he is a candidate there, and I think down the road he will definitely get, get a long look. Um, is Les a candidate? Are they looking at Les Miles? Les is in the mix there, I think. Les potentially is in the mix at Purdue, and I think Les wants to coach again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at it, this is honestly another place where I thought, you know, McIntyre had a kid go to Baylor. McIntyre is, is very religious. Baylor would, would like that. Obviously, he's done a terrific job there. I wouldn't have thought, you know, he, along with, with uh, Fedora, who's a former assistant there, wanted to get back to Texas. Um, one other name that I had thought would be in the mix, which I'm not sure he is now, is Sonny Dykes. Yeah. The AD at, new AD at Baylor, uh, Mac Rhodes, who was at Houston and then briefly at Missouri. He's interviewed Sonny Dykes twice at those other jobs. But Sonny's having a tough year. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. may go 4-8 and eight or 5-7. and seven. I know he wants to get back to Texas. But... I know he wants to jump. Uh, sorry, Cal fans. And, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to undercut Sonny here at all. But word on the street is that Sonny would be interested in mm-hmm. some other opportunities. And I think what also um, escalates that is Rich Rod's year at Arizona because he was a name that was floated, whether it was South Carolina last year. There was talk that he might have wanted out of Tucson. It didn't happen, and then look what happens this year. And I don't know if Sonny would want to be in that position because he built him up, did a really nice job with Goff. He's had a really tough year this year. They cannot stop the run at all. So um, that'll be interesting uh, moving forward. Last one, and I, I know this is a bit of a downer, but I know my opinions on this. I still hear people, well, I guess it's on the Internet, so whatever, but saying that they think Art Bryles is going to get a job. I just don't see that happening. A, a big job or just any job? Yeah, I mean, Power 5 certainly is out uh, yeah, of the question. I don't think, I don't think, like... Would th- Houston go after him? With where that program has elevated to under Tom Herman? I don't know. It's a school of the female president. Obviously, he's, he's, he's come through there. He's been through there. I'm, I'm not sure. The, the thing that's I, I've doubted. That's a big pill yeah. to this, swallow. Yeah, the I mean, thing I've doubted is. I just don't know. There's been other stuff that's come up since, you know, in the last month about what he knew, what he didn't know. Baylor's made some strong statements. There's two questions I have on this. One, if you hire him, are you sure nothing else, whether it's a Sean Oakman or anything, right, is right, going right. to new is going right, to surface? Right, that's right. a big issue. And then the second thing, and I'm not a lawyer, none of us are lawyers, is if something happens after you hire him, are you, you know, culpable? How culpable are yeah. you to this? And I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not sure a school, and that's not even taken into the the part you just said about it's a bitter pill. You're right. going to have like a PR mess for a right. while because I think there's some some schools who would be able to hold their nose on that. But this is those other factors I don't know about. And, and you just don't know how much you can find out about mm-hmm. this. I keep saying last thing. Now it's really the last thing. Oregon and Mark Helfrich got a big win on the road against Utah. That really helps him, in particular with the freshman quarterback, with the freshman on the offensive line. So there may be hope moving forward. I think he certainly might need to make another change on the defensive side after Brady Hope comes in as a defensive coordinator, which I never really bought into to begin with. Because let's face it, the last time Brady Hoke had coordinated a defense was in the early 80s at the high school level. And then all of a sudden he was the defense coordinator at Oregon, which was a bit of a head scratcher. Does Mark keep his job at Oregon? I think he has a shot, too. I, I still think it's a long shot. I like Mark Helfrich a lot personally. I do, too. I really yeah. like Mark. But I think it's a long shot because from what I had heard, that Oregon had gotten pretty far down the road mentally on this about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago even. And... 
you know, hard to walk back once you're there. It is, especially it's like buying a car. Phil Knight's older. You know, all the, the the real decision makers here are older. I'm not sure how patient they can be. Mark Helfrich won 33 games the last three years, and as you said, they're really really young. Um, it was a title game two years ago. Now they were I, ones. I get it, but th- that was yeah. with Mariota and yeah. all the chips guys. But he he was the one who went and found Marcus. He found Marcus and, I mean, and was credit. the one that pounded the table. Chip was trying to decide between Menzel and Mariota. Yeah. Now you could argue like, well, either one would have been and fine. He had but Mariota Randall was too. perfect Great, for yeah. Oregon. So and so, he was the one that pounded the table. So for they have you know some interest in Tom Herman. They you know, but I think Tom Herman's not going to be there for them. You know, would Jim McElwain, who's a Pacific Northwest guy at Florida now, would Jim McElwain go, hmm, I want to go back, you know, towards home and take over well, the Nike Stylistically, school? he's a pro-style guy, and their whole, like, image is You'd their offense, the their whole, uniforms. Yeah, that yeah, would the be, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if they would, how seriously they would look at a Dana Holgerson. Probability that Chip Kelly returned to Oregon. I think it's higher than people think. Chip, I think it's higher Chip than people think. Chip likes the Oregon people, but Chip... Chip feels like they are going in a positive direction, you know, a little, you know, he's, unless they pull the plug on him. He's good. Wait, San Francisco or Oregon? No, I'm saying, are they going to pull the plug and make it four different head coaches in four years in San Francisco? I mean, they're pretty bad. And and more more than that, I don't think Chip is just waiting around like, well, I guess I would look at Oregon if I got fired. You know, I mean, if that's the case, if I'm Chip Kelly and I, I like, they're going to pull the plug. He's I mean, that's, really good friends with Phil. Yeah, and he's and really good Phil friends Mike with says, some of the boosters at Oregon we still. Have it. I just think if I'm Chip Kelly and they're going to fire me, throw Chip Kelly's name in LSU. Then, hmm. I mean, to me, you know, that would that changes the equation on a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm a big Chip Kelly believer. Mm-hmm. I am too. Uh, at the college be, level, I think yeah. he would be scary at LSU, especially if he could keep Dave Aranda. Now I'm just curious because I love having Bruce here. Really the last thing. Lane Kiffin. I don't know where Lane – I don't think Lane has a landing spot. The places I thought he could land, there's two things. One, I don't think Sonny – I don't think Sonny's going to get out of Cal. The other one is Willie Taggart's done a really, really good job at USF. He's 9-2. and He's somebody – I just don't know where these other jobs that Willie Taggart could go. I haven't heard you mention P.J. Fleck What about Purdue? Willie to Purdue? No, I don't think he's leaving. No, no, I'm talking about Lane. I don't know. I, I mean, P.J. Fleck, I think, was, was holding his cards on Purdue and thinking, can I do better than this? I think he could because let's just – here's – dominoes start to fall, right? We would be foolish to think that it's just going to be one change and everyone, right. you know, dusts their hands off. Dominoes fall. If one of those dominoes is North Carolina, I think P.J. would be all over I don't that. know if he and could – I don't know if Bubba Cunningham, the AD, would hire him. You I'm don't not, think so? I'm not sure of that, No. I think that's what he's hoping. I don't know if he would do it. Because that's a big jump. Remember, when Urban Meyer, who was a great coach in the MAC, when he made his next next step up. It was to Utah. It was Utah, but not mm-hmm. the Utah we know. It was that's a right. Utah Mountain in a West yeah, Mountain right, West right. You know, non-power conference school. And that's the thing that usually happens with MAC coaches. They don't make the huge jump. Like, we all think uh, Matt Campbell's a really good coach. But he's in the top 25. He I mean, is, what, but He's not going to go to San Jose State. No, but he's, you know... He's not also probably not going to go to LSU or Oregon. He maybe maybe they can sell you know Phil Knight on him. What if the Dominoes took Mike McIntyre away from Colorado? I could see PJ Fleck at Colorado. Yeah, that's. I mean, to me, that's a that is that's a more realistic jump than Oregon than LSU. What are you trying to say about Oregon and Colorado, Bruce? I'm trying to say you guys don't have that much money. See, we went one too long, and now yeah, this is what you get. Now now you're now you're gonna get on that plane to Seattle and be miserable. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry to the Delta passengers. I'm gonna be sitting next to. Am I on Delta? I don't know what I'm on. I'm the worst traveler in the world. Everyone asks me when my flight is. At least your clothes are gonna be comfortable. At least you. My clothes are very comfortable. They're so comfy. Best travel clothes out there, Lulu. If you want to send some our way, that's fine. Burkhart's already locking up but that ma- deal. Mainly Dr. Pepper. Thank you for sponsoring yeah. the show. And thank you for hanging around here at the end. If you hung around until the end here on Facebook, you got some gold. Yep. Like Bruce that's Feldman. That's why I didn't say anything. I, just, I love hearing I know. Bruce well, that's talking what, about coaching. Bruce Feldman, and he's going to be embarrassed, he is without a doubt the best insider in college football, and it's not even close. All, you know. Thank you, Joel. Absolutely. It's, it's literally not even close. Brett McFurf- McMurphy is a nice guy, and I like Brett a lot. He's not even near what you do. Oh. I mean, it's not even close. And I know I'll see him at a media day, and he'll be all mad. What'd you Never say mind that? him. You need to, tell, you need to tell Shanks and stuff. 
I will tell my bosses at some point. What about but if Stu? you did, what about Stu? He's not really an insider. Yeah, he's like a he's like Stu's a writer. He's a playoff guru. Yeah, though. he's a guru. He's, he's a like a he's like the commissioner of our Fox Four, right? Um, By the way, just so like, thank you for that thank because you. I threw a lot of names at you. We didn't. Bruce didn't have a list of the questions I was going to ask. That's what. So if you hung around, you literally got the best information on college coaching changes and switches that you're going to get anywhere. You'd have to read a thousand articles to get all of that. That was really impressive. Thank and you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Matt won a Heisman, so I don't have to. Yeah. Rub his. That back. feels good, Matt. Keep doing it. Matt yelled I'm at Bruce two weeks ago. Sitting next to, to a legend here. Thanks to Dr. Pepper for sponsoring the show. Remember, it's a college football tradition. No tailgate or watch party is complete without a little Dr. Pepper. For Matt, Bruce, I'm Joel. Thank you so much. Next week, we're going to be on a new day and a new time. It'll be Friday before the Big Ten Championship game live from Indianapolis. So set your clocks. We'll send you reminders as you follow us here on uh, the Fox College Football Facebook page. And make sure that you get all set as we're going to be live from Indy before uh, I call that game uh, likely against Wisconsin and Penn State. But we'll see who gets in that game. Maybe Michigan will win. We shall see. Fellas, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show. We'll see you next week.